Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nick Frazier Podcast. I'm your host, as it says in the title, Nick Frazier, and I am joined by nobody tonight. I am solo dolo. Yes, indeed. But don't worry. I have all the picks you need. Trust me. I have the college football picks. I have the NFL picks. I have a little update on the college football playoff of what I think about it. And don't forget, I definitely have the picks for the NFP 1K parlay. So you know what? Let's get into it. Let's start off with college football. You know, normally I have Alex or Jason start it off, or Kevin, but they're not here. They're they're unable to join us tonight. Everybody had plans, which is totally fine with me because you know what? This is the Nick Frazier podcast. So let's get into it. My first pick that I have is Western Kentucky. First half spread versus Rice. Uh, the first half spread is minus 10, whole number. Couldn't get it on a half. That's okay. Not too worried about it. Um, but to carry on, I would like to say about Western Kentucky, Bailey Zappi and Jared Stearns, the one-two tandem out wide. I just, I get all of this little glamour of Malik Willis over at Liberty and the pit quarterback and I'm pretty sure it's Kenny Pickett, and you have Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. All of them, great quarterbacks. Have any of them thrown for 4,000 yards? No. Bailey Zappi is near that number. He is at like 3,829 or something like that, something astronomical. Uh, Jared Stearns, I believe, is still leading the nation in receiving yards, and people keep knocking them. It's Conference USA football, not a lot of competition well, these guys were playing in FCS football last season. I know I've prefaced this multiple times on the podcast already, but you have to believe it. You got to believe it to see it, I guess. Bailey Zappi can play at the next level. He's got my vote. I, I really do think this kid can be a transcending player at the next level. And watching him throw at Jared Stearns, it just, I don't like to make this comparison, but I am, and I've mentioned this comparison before. It just reminds me a lot of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, just how they have their chemistry going, their connection, because Bailey Zappi and Jared Stearns are both from Houston Baptist. They both transferred together to Western Kentucky. It was an FCS school. They transferred to an FBS school. I mean, they're just lighting it up. The stat sheet, all it reads is Zappi and Stearns, Zappi and Stearns. So that's why I'm taking Western Kentucky minus 10, Yes, Rice has been playing good recently, but you, you can't pass up this high-powered air raid offense of Western. And their defense plays real well, too. So, I mean, it's it's a perfect little scenario. Well, carrying on, I'm staying in the Conference USA. Everybody knows the hot sign is on. UTSA is my pick of the week as per usual. The little red sign behind me is on. Bright as day. Give me UTSA full game minus 33 and a half on the spread versus Southern Miss. You know, Southern Miss, they have Frank Gore Jr. on the offense. It's been a very lackluster offensive production just as a whole from that offense, not just from him particularly. Now, I will say that Southern Miss could play better. I think they had a quarterback issue near the beginning of the season. Hasn't really, I guess, gelled well with everyone uh, the offensive production with running the ball is not great. So, And then, obviously, you have UTSA, who are officially ranked 
23rd in the nation in the college football playoff the first, I guess, second week, that is. The first week they were on a bye, so they really weren't ranked. Well, they definitely proved the committee that they deserve to be in the top 25 after beating UTEP. They put up 44 points on them. That's ridiculous. You know, Sincere McCormick's really good in the backfield for them. Joshua Cephas, who's real good at wide receiver. Zachary Franklin, who's back from, I think, a minor injury or something along those lines. I mean, all those three guys, they can carry a team in the stat sheet, carry the team on their back if they need to. They, they have a lot of weapons. And like I said with Western and their defense, UTSA's defense is legit. They have turnover margins. They have everything. They beat you in all three phases of the game. So give me UTSA minus 33 and a half. The next game I have, uh, I was a bit hesitant on this one. You know, it's it's Baylor versus Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, I'm doing it. Baylor first half plus three and a half. All time this season, they're six and three at the spread. Now that's full game though, but I, I do think that Baylor's going to come out guns a blazing first half and play them close. To be honest with you, you're going to play them close. So be prepared for that game to be close in the first half. Maybe I wouldn't take the under. I feel like it's one of those type of Big 12 games where the offenses, they just keep scoring back and forth. Um, But honestly, this game, whoever wins this game makes a very good, I guess, argument to be in the college football playoff if they were to win out. Now, you know, Oklahoma, they have had that quarterback issue with, you know, Spencer Rattler and then the freshman Caleb Williams coming in, who is phenomenal, by the way. And he's carried this team like he's been around it for quite some time now. And with Baylor, they've just been, I mean, just sick them. Sick them Bears. That's just all I got to say about Baylor. They've been lights out this season in the Big 12. So my pick is on Baylor plus three and a half first half. I believe that's a safe bet in my eyes. The next one I have is Ole Miss. Ole Miss money line. Yes, I did say it. Ole Miss at the spread all time is 5-3-1. All time at home, they are 3-1 at the spread, which gives me a lot more confidence. Texas A&M, last week when they played Auburn, they played them real tight. I believe that game was, I want to say, 3-0 at halftime or 3-3 at halftime. Like, very low-scoring game. And the show that I do out and over by my campus for school, I was... I was telling my co-host, like, you know what? This is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm not too, you know, scared about points being put up. Like, I'd take the over if need be. Yeah, I was totally wrong on that one. So, definitely not taking the over, by all means, on that game. This game, I still wouldn't take the over. But that's why I decided to side with Ole Miss. The spread's plus two and a half. I, I mean, if it's that close, might as well just take a risk for it, and go for the money line. Now, granted, I do understand A&M is a good ball club, but Ole Miss at home is just a different type of team. So give me Ole Miss money line. I believe that's plus money. And Western Kentucky, by the way, first half minus 10 is plus money. It's plus 100. So, I mean, two plus money picks right there. I think that's a good good value. The next one I have is Coastal Carolina. I believe that is first half Minus six and a half. Yes, a touchdown. Coastal Carolina is playing Georgia Southern this week, if I'm not mistaken. 
I probably need to fact check myself on that one. But I, I feel like anytime Coastal is in the single digits for any type of any type of game like this scenario, I mean, you got to hammer Coastal. But to go back to Coastal playing, they are not playing Georgia Southern. Coastal Carolina is playing playing Georgia State. Excuse me. I know it was a team from Georgia. You do have to keep it in consideration here. Georgia State is six and three at the spread, four and one on the road. But you also have Coastal Carolina, who are six and three at the spread. So same matchups here. Coastal's four and one at home. So it's not a coin flip, but definitely the public money is on the spread minus ten and a half full game for Coastal Carolina, seventy three percent, and I, that other twenty seven percent that's on Georgia State. I mean. Hey, I get where you're coming from, but I don't know if I'd be on Georgia State in that situation. I guess to wrap it all up for college football right there, if you put all that into a parlay, it's plus 2,787. Not bad value. I mean, put $10 on it and you're you're already sitting around with 278 bucks. So last week I was the live bet machine. I hit a eight-leg parlay for a couple hundred. So it was a good little weekend for me. And then in the NFL, which we'll get to in a little bit, had a three-teamer that I hit for a couple hundred as well. So it was a good weekend overall. The picks last week were up and down between everybody. We've been kind of you know stagnant in the recent weeks of just inconsistency is a better way to put it. So this week, I'm hopefully we're here for the bounce back week. We're, we're handing out green W's everywhere we go. So anyways, that's my college football picks for this upcoming weekend. Now, I do want to talk about the college football playoff. Last week, Kevin agreed with me about Alabama probably getting into the college football playoff if they were to lose by one possession to Georgia. And then, you know, I mentioned about the other top four. I mentioned that the college football playoff was banking on Michigan State to lose. And, well, they did. They lost, and they're at number seven this week. Now, looking at this top ten, that is. Now, we'll go through the top four real quick. First, you have Georgia, obviously. Second is Bama. Third is Oregon. Four is Ohio State. Now, going into this upcoming week, Georgia, they play Tennessee. I feel like Tennessee's going to give them a really close matchup for the most part. After the performance they had against Kentucky, I mean, why would you not expect them? I know the spread on that game is minus 20, which is honestly a low line, but I get where the books are coming from. It, it's it's a teasing type game to me. I, I don't. That's why I didn't pick it. It was very tempting, but just couldn't do it. But Georgia at first, Bama second, Oregon third, Ohio State fourth. Now, if you think about it, Oregon was one of those teams that I think that's going to be tossed out of the top four eventually. They're going to lose to somebody down the road in the Pac-12. I just have a feeling. And then that would leapfrog Ohio State into three, possibly. And then you have Bama and Georgia meeting the SEC title game. So then you have your top three kind of solidified there. That is if Ohio State wins out, meaning they play Michigan State next week, if I'm not mistaken. And if Michigan State... See, here's here's where things get a little dicey, Okay. Now, if Michigan State, obviously last week they lost and they went from three to seven. Now, if they go play Ohio State next week, let's say they they beat them by two touchdowns, just theoretically. Let's just put it out there. Say Michigan State beats Ohio State by two touchdowns, which I don't think is going to happen. 
I'm looking at this top 10. I'm thinking, well, how does Michigan State leapfrog themselves back into the four spot? Because I'll read the five through 10 off right now. Cincinnati's at five, looking in. Michigan ranked over Michigan State at six. Then you have Michigan State at seven. Oklahoma at eight. Notre Dame at nine. And then Oklahoma State at 10. So there is going to be some fluctuation here in this top 10 this upcoming weekend. Couple of matchups, I will say. So back to this Michigan State Michigan situation. Michigan, they lost to Michigan State head to head, but I get it. Michigan State lost this past week. I I'm not too sure how I feel about that. Obviously, I think if you beat a team heads up, there's no reason why you shouldn't be ranked ahead of them. So I feel like Michigan State and Michigan should be flip flopped. But back to the Ohio State idea: if they beat them by a touchdown or two, and Michigan State ends up, in my opinion, leapfrogging Michigan and Cincinnati and being put at five, just one more looking in. Okay, that's how I look at it. Ohio State, I feel like, would drop to six. I don't know why, but I feel like, actually, I do know why. Ohio State has put together a good resume for them not to drop out of the top ten or drop out of the top six. So I could easily see Ohio State dropping to six. Now, with Michigan's sake, if they were to beat Penn State this week, I feel like they have to drop one spot, just one, to seven. That's just me. Because, uh, let's be honest, if Michigan State beats Michigan, I mean, that, that obviously shouldn't be ranked ahead of them. So we're going to go there. And then obviously you have Oklahoma playing Baylor this week. Now, if Oklahoma end up losing to Baylor, this could be... This could be an interesting little little switcheroo here because I believe Baylor is outside the top 10 looking in. And if they were to beat Oklahoma, I feel like they would leapfrog Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. I feel like Oklahoma State, if they beat TCU this week, could easily jump to probably seven. And then you have Baylor, who is on the outside of top 10 looking in. Probably leapfrog to eight. I I don't see how that's not possible. I mean, it definitely is possible, more probable in my opinion. Now, for Notre Dame's sake, being an independent school, the rest of their schedule, I don't think is as strong as what it is. So I could see them just slipping out of the top ten. Just I mean, it it's like that that nasty bug on your windshield when you're driving. You're just like, it's a nuisance. Like, it's just sitting there. I'm sorry, Kevin. I hate to use this, but it's just like a bug sitting there in your car. You're driving, and then it's like it's flying all up in your face. You start swatting your hand everywhere, and eventually you, it just sits on the window and you just slap it, and then you just kill it. And then you know what? It It's out the window. Bye-bye. So that, I feel like that's how Notre Dame's the rest of their season is going to play out. So just... Hear me out. Right now, this is what the top 10, I guess, you could look like after this week. At one, you have Georgia. At two, you have Bama. At three, if Oregon wins, you have Oregon. You have, at four, you have Ohio State. Now, here we go. Here's the here's the interesting stuff. Cincinnati. They have a close game this week, I think. They, they have themselves, it's a Friday night game. They're playing USF, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, it is USF. Both teams are, I mean, obviously USF is not the quality that Cincinnati is, but at home on the spread, USF is 4-1, and one, which is very interesting. Total of 5-4 and four on the season. 
I mean, on the season, Cincinnati's five and four well as well, but two and two on the road. It's a five hundred little idea there. So, I mean, they're four and zero on the road. Don't get me wrong, four and zero on the road. The spread's minus twenty three and a half. I mean, we're not worried about the lines at this point. But I started to give it a little shout out. I don't know. I think if this game gets played the two possession type game, then Cincinnati's probably going to stay where they're at at five. So that's where the the top five is going to stay. Now then you have Michigan and Michigan State. Say if Michigan gets upset this week versus Penn State, I feel like Michigan with two losses will drop down to, let's say they drop down to nine, okay? Let's say they drop down to nine, okay? That's where we're going to go. Michigan's going to drop three spots to nine. Say if Notre Dame wins this week, they'll jump up to, let's say they jump up to seven, okay? And say if Michigan State wins this week, They'll jump up to six, and then I know this is kind of like all connecting the dots when I'm reading this, so I apologize for the listeners. Oklahoma, say if they lose to Baylor this week, they drop out of the top ten. Oklahoma State, say if they win this week, they could easily jump up to seven. So hear, hear me out. Then you have Baylor that jumps in. I think Baylor and Oklahoma would flip where they're at in, in the top 25. So I feel like Baylor would jump to eight. So this is the top, I guess you could say, eight. You have Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and then this is where you have Michigan State jumps to six. Then you have Oklahoma State jumps to seven. Baylor jumps to eight. Notre Dame could easily see staying where they're at if they win this week. And then 10 it goes to whoever's outside the top 10. That's in the, I guess, 15 to 11 range. And, I mean, that that's kind of where it's going to sit at this point. And, um, yeah, I think the college football playoff is going to get a lot more interesting as the weeks progress. I don't know. I, I really thought there would be a definitive answer of who would be the front runners here. Obviously, it's Georgia, but you would feel like the top four would kind of be solidified at this point. But the Big 12 has a lot of teams that are just, they, they don't want to stop. They're just, they keep on going, keep on going type deals. So that's my little idea of the college football playoff so far. I like it. Now, if I had to do my own top five or top six, the two looking out, it's Georgia, Bama, Ohio State. I Honestly, I'm giving Cincinnati the four spot. And Oregon's going to drop down to five. And then Michigan State is sitting at six, and Michigan is at seven. So that's kind of where, because I had to flip-flop to six and seven just because, they, I mean, you beat them head-to-head, you beat them head-to-head. So that's kind of my own college football top six power rankings, if that is the right way to, I guess, phrase that. So if you enjoy that, I would love the feedback. I'll leave some polls down under this episode. Uh, on social media, I'll leave it in the description. Y'all can check that out on Instagram. I'll put a poll out there. Let me know who do you think is the right top four or the right, I guess you could say top six, the two looking in in the top four. So carrying on after that, we are going to cut to a quick short break. And we're back after that wonderful little break there. Hopefully everybody got a lot of insight from those college football picks and college football playoff ideas of the top six. Carrying on to the NFL, I will say this. 
almost forgot to mention Kevin's crazy pick. Yes, if he's not here, don't worry. We're still getting this Kevin's crazy pick in. Kevin's crazy pick for college football is Vanderbilt plus 21 and a half. I don't know what he's drinking tonight. I don't know what what he's eating tonight. I think the man might have lost it. That is the craziest pick I think I've ever heard on the show. So that's Kevin's college football crazy pick. Vandy plus 21 and a half. It's the NFL. It's the thing that keeps everybody going. And you know what? Let's let's see what we got here on the list. I, I'm going to be honest here. The lines were a bit big this week. I'm not a big, like Alex is saying, if the lines are that big, might as well take the plus money spread. Uh, you know what? Yeah, he's right. And I did that for one of the games on the NFP 1K parlay, which we'll get to later. But for the NFL picks of mine, Nick's picks, I guess you could say, I have the first one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 9.5 on the spread versus the Washington football team. I feel like this is a game that's going to be kind of, I don't want to say iffy, because we all know the Bucs are going to win this game, but I feel like it's going to be iffy in spread in the regards of the spread. I feel like Tampa Bay could easily cover the spread, but at the same time, this Washington defense hasn't lived up to the expectation this season. They could have one of those games where they're like, oh, let's just, let's just you know click it all together and play like we did last season. Like I feel like it could be one of those type of games. Now, I believe Tampa Bay has everybody healthy. I believe AB is back this week, so that's why I feel like they could cover the spread. But I, I took a safe bet. I took the alternate spread on the Bucks minus 6.5. It's good value, minus 170 if you're a singles better. And the next game I have is, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was out with COVID for the week. I feel like he comes back healthy and ready to go. But also, you got to remember, Russell Wilson injured for quite a bit of time. And for me, I was glad to hear that news because I have him as my fantasy quarterback. And I needed a quarterback bad. I was playing with Teddy Two Gloves as my starting quarterback. It was was a struggle bust. But you know what? We got some wins out of it. Teddy Two Gloves led me to victory twice out of the four games. So, Split 500 over there. Yeah, fantasy football, by the way, is going well this season. I'm currently 6-3 and three in one league, and I am in the other league. I'm, I'm, I have a winning average. I'm trying to think, what is it? I think I'm like one game above 500, if I'm not mistaken. I could be two games above 500. So, anyways, back to the picks. I have, for the second game, both quarterbacks are healthy. We don't know what we're going to see, but I got to take the benefit of this and it's going to be Green Bay. I think this Green Bay offense just I don't know, something with Rodgers and his wide receivers, they just gel real good. And with Seattle, like I get it. They they got DK Metcalf, they got Tyler Lockett, and they struggled with excuse me, they struggled with Geno Smith under the helm and I think with Russ, yeah, things are going to start clicking again, but I feel like it's going to take them a couple of weeks. I don't think it's just going to like snip snap snip snap like is going to work immediately. As for Green Bay, Rodgers was only gone for one game, and he didn't have no messed up finger. I feel like that's an adjustment Russ is going to have to really figure out. Is And obviously they have a full week to prepare for this game, but I just feel like it's going to be one of those type of games where you know, we're going to see who's the healthiest quarterback in this case. 
And I feel like Devontae was really missing Aaron last week in Kansas City. If Aaron Rodgers plays that game, I, I feel like they win that game by two or three touchdowns. There's no question about it. That Green Bay defense last week was lights out. Even though they did lose, they were lights out. It's just unfortunate the offense couldn't produce. This week, if that defense plays lights out like last week, oh my goodness, Green Bay money line at minus 184 is a steal in my opinion. Now, if you could take them on the spread, go ahead. Uh, I mean, if if they, if I guess you could say if the money line is under 200, yeah, just money line that all day, every day. Um, I don't recommend it as much, but hey, if it's under 200, let's do it. The Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, I believe, play the Carolina Panthers this week. And in recent news of the Carolina Panthers, they just agreed to terms to sign Cam Newton back to the roster. And I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, we all know Cam Newton, who is a very versatile quarterback, can run with his legs, can throw for the most part. Uh, it's not the same Cam Newton that came out of Auburn. Let's put it that way. I could be completely wrong, but from what we saw when he played with New England, he had a very hard time throwing the ball. He truly did. Like, it was it was throw a 20-yard out or throw a 20-yard drag or not 20-yard, like a 5-10 yard drag. Like, I feel like the under routes and you know, short routes were the only things that were working for him. So, as that kind of goes, if Kyler Murray is back and healthy, if D-Hop is back and healthy, I mean, we saw what Arizona did to the 49ers last week. They didn't need Kyler or D-Hop, which was like, oh my gosh. It was plus 210 on the money line. And you know who picked that game? I did. <laughs> I did. And, and I, it makes me feel so good that I did that because I have a lot more confidence this week that they'll cover the spread. But like Tampa Bay, they're 9.5. Cardinals, 9.5. I, I mean, uh, I, I just feel like if you're signing Cam Newton to the Carolina Panthers and you have Sam Darnold, who's kind of declined in previous weeks, I don't see why you can't start Cam, not start Cam Newton, but at least get him in the rotation. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in a second half or like a couple drives. Um, but, you know, you got to remember there's a defense out there playing for Carolina. And as much as they've had the injury bug this year, I have to go with Arizona. I'm sorry. Arizona alternate spread minus six and a half by a touchdown. I'm not too worried about that one. I feel like that's a safe bet. And then my last two picks, dude, if you have the Chiefs money line under minus 150 for the money line, I don't see how you don't take that. So give me the Chiefs. There's not a lot of times you're going to get the Chiefs under minus 200 for the money line. They're playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders have been in the limelight, not for the better. Um, obviously, the Gruden situation, the Henry Ruggs situation. And, you know, it. you have... You have Derek Carr, who's been trying to keep his head even keel, you know, going to the media, talking about, you know, the goodness of everything, trying to bring light to each situation. And it's kind of hard to do that. You know, I feel like him as, a, as one of the focal points of that team, that offense, he wants to step up and be a leader. And he's definitely doing that. But is he going to lead this team to a victory? I don't think so. This Chiefs team, yes. They've been struggling this season. Their offensive line has been, I believe, is very young and still developing. We're midway through the season. I could definitely see this Chiefs team just 
it, like I mentioned earlier, it, it could just have one of those games where they can, like Washington's defense, just snap the finger, click. Let's start clicking like we did last season. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. So, I mean, they got rid of uh, Arnett, who is one of their top corners, was a first-round pick with Ruggs. They both were first-rounders, and he got let go. You know what? Give me Chiefs money line, minus 146. It's a premium. That's probably going to be my lock out of my four picks, this or five picks this week. And my last pick of the week, the two-tone blue, the Tennessee Titans. Let's talk about last week's game just for a second. The Tennessee Titans had to face the L.A. Rams. Everybody's real scared about this game if you're a Titans fan for the most part. And you're looking at it, you're like, oh my goodness, you have Matthew Stafford, who's been phenomenal since he's got to L.A. You have Cooper Cup, who's been the best wide receiver because of Stafford. He's really, I mean, don't get me wrong, Cooper Cup was great last season as well, but oh my goodness, he's flourishing in this offense. And, and you know, you have Robert Woods, who's been well, and you know, they just signed Odell, I believe, yesterday or, yeah, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday they signed Odell this past week. And, man, that offense is only going to get even better. But I could also see that offense being a little bit clustered. You know, when you get a lot of big names or a lot of good wide receivers and stuff like that, it's going to, I don't want to say mix up the chemistry, but it's going to be like you have too many mouths to feed on offense. But back to the Titans. Back to the Titans. I picked Titans money line this week. Hang on. So Titans last week, you have Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, those two alone. And don't don't forget about Danico Autry. That Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, D-line U, Hale State connection, those guys are unbelievable. I mean, they pressured Stafford left and right last week. It's almost like I, I blinked my eyes twice, and the secondary got better too. With a depleted secondary for Tennessee, I mean, Kevin Byard definitely is the best safety, best secondary player in the NFL. There's no question about it. The way he read that pick six is impressive. And, you know, former guest of the podcast, Chris Jackson, he has been amazing this past couple of weeks. You know, he's had to really fill in for Chris Fulton. And, you know, he was kind of drafted as that, like, I don't want to say replacement nickel, but he was he was definitely playing at at that kind of nickel position and when Jack Rabbit Jenkins was playing corner and then you have that open position dropping Breon Borders off the roster somebody's got to step up next man mentality and you know what Chris Jackson I commend you bud you play phenomenal for the two tone blue when you talked on this podcast and I had you on I just felt so much optimism from you and I will say this, it was extremely difficult to get Chris Jackson on this podcast. You know, not too big for the podcast, not at all. It's just he was so dedicated to his craft of football. He was so dedicated on getting better. Like, after he got drafted the next day, I called him. I said, hey, Chris, are you available? Uh, no, I'm working out right now. I need to, you know, focus on football. I was like, ah, I appreciate that. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll by all means just send me a text when you're available. We can get stuff situated. Sure enough, he sends me a time day, and we did it. Like, and granted, it, it might have been a couple days later, and I was totally fine with that. And you know, that's how you got to do things. You know, I mean, he is very dedicated player to his work, and I am extremely proud to be a fan of yours, Chris. And we'd love to have you back on the podcast sometime soon. But 
Obviously, right now, the main focus is winning football games every week. So, Chris, best of luck to you the rest of the season. Everybody's rooting for you. We all will continue watching you on Sundays, man. So, you know what? Let's go Titans. Great secondary play. And now with Chris Fulton back, the secondary gets even better. So, Titans have been playing well. And they're my fifth pick of the week. I got to take Titans money line against the Saints. You know, with Trevor Simeon being the quarterback, I don't know how I feel about that. Don't get me wrong. AK still in the backfield. I believe Michael Thomas is out the rest of the season, if I'm not mistaken. So you got Marquez Callaway and others. And you got Taysom Hill as that Swiss Army knife on offense. So, you know, Trey and Alex may not be happy about me saying that, but go Titans, baby. Two-tone blue. Two-tone blue. All right. Now, we have to get to a short break real quick. But when we come back, I'll be talking about the NFP 1K Parlay. And for those of you that didn't take it last week, we were one pick short. One pick short. We needed the Vikings to win in overtime. and They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. But hey, we'll be back right after this quick little break. And we'll get you that NFP 1K Parlay. And we're back, everybody, after that short break. It is time to get to the NFP 1K Parlay. And this week, I will have to say, it's not just one George Washington we're putting on the line, folks. We are putting two George Washingtons on the line just to get to that 1,000 mark. A couple of teams are on a bye. It's unfortunate. Hopefully, I mean, that's just kind of how it's going to go the rest of the season. We might have to change it. Uh, just a $2, but it's still a 1K parlay, baby. Oh, man. Here we go. The first pick I have is a AFC South division matchup. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Indianapolis Colts. I do believe the Colts will prevail this game and win, but I took an alternate spread of the Jags. Two touchdowns plus a half, so plus 14 and a half alternate spread for the Jags. The way they played Buffalo last week, if they can play that the same the same type of football game versus Indianapolis, which would be kind of difficult, yeah, I see the Jags taking it. But it, you know what? On this show, you can phrase your fade if you want. That's just the first pick. Hear me out for the rest one. The Browns, money line versus the Patriots this week. The Browns are plus 116 on the money line. I feel like that's good value if you want to take that on a single bet. I feel like with Odell out of the picture in Cleveland, Gives a lot more clarity for Baker and a lot more clarity for other wide receivers to step up. I, uh, you know, I feel like Odell was just a little bit too much for Cleveland. So next one I have is the Dallas Cowboys minus six and a half alternate spread versus the Atlanta Falcons this week. Yes, the Cowboys. Wow, thirty to sixteen versus the Broncos at home. Who expected that one? I don't think anybody did. So you know what? Give me the Dallas Cowboys minus six and a half, a touchdown. I feel like they can come. Out of the gates quick. Dak's going to show out. CD's going to show out. Zeke's going to show out. I like minus six and a half here. Alternate spread, full game. I don't see anything wrong with it. I could see Atlanta making it close for the most part, but yeah, Cowboys are going to take this one by a touchdown. The next one I already mentioned in my picks, the Bucks minus six and a half alternate spread. I feel like that's a safe bet there. The next one I have is Chargers money line versus the Minnesota Vikings. Last week, the Vikings let me down in overtime. Thought they were going to do it. Ended up, I mean, they had a great, I think it was like a, a deflected interception by the defensive lineman in overtime. And I believe Lamar Jackson had the ball on like the 36-yard line on Minnesota's 36. Deflected it, recovered it, 
Then they ended up, Kirk Cousins couldn't finish, man. Kirk Cousins went three and out, gave it back to gave it back to Lamar in Baltimore, and they ran down the field and ended up kicking a field goal to win the game. So, yeah, hopefully this week that doesn't happen again for my sake with the Chargers. Hopefully Chargers can pull it out, minus 176 on the money line. I like that value a lot, especially the way they played against Philly last week. Yeah, give me the Chargers and Herbert. This is going to be a high scoring game hopefully you can take the over in this game if you want i believe it's in the 40s mid 40s so you can take it if you'd like next game cardinals minus six and a half alternate spread same with the picks i had earlier the next game i have is pittsburgh steelers and the detroit lions the spread is eight and a half the money on the public is favored towards detroit i was tempted to take it just because detroit's been on this just slump but you know what I vowed to all the rest of the guys on the show, I wouldn't take Detroit again on the spread or money line. The one week we thought they had a game to win against Philly, yeah, we were so wrong. It's not happening again. Give me the Pittsburgh and Detroit over alternate 36 and a half. I feel like Detroit can put up some points. Pittsburgh have been struggling recently. I mean, don't get me wrong, they played Thursday night against against Chicago, and it it was a very low-scoring game. The books had it. The over hit in that game, by the way. It was 39 and a half. That, that game hit on the over. So, I mean, you can take whatever you want. Next game I have is Titans money line, minus 146 at home versus the New England. Excuse me, not New England. The New Orleans Saints. Um, I like that game a lot. Obviously, home a homer pick there, but... Titans are really starting to gel. I feel like AP obviously had a little garbage time touchdown. Definitely could see this offense opening up a little bit. But next pick I have is Eagles money line on the road against Denver Broncos, the hot Denver Broncos that beat the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this Eagles money line is plus money. I like it a lot. I think the value is there. I don't know if Denver has two back-to-back weeks. I know it's in Denver I always hesitate on games like this, but I'm going to take Eagles' money line. Just the way they've been playing recently, I'm taking Eagles' money line. Now, the next two games. Obviously, I've already mentioned Chiefs' money line in my pick. I'm taking that again. I Listen, we already talked about it. Minus 200, anything under that, you take it. Minus 146. Hammering the bank account on this one. Hammering it. Now, the next game I have is the Rams on Monday night. Yes, I have them money line. It's minus 210. I think that's still good value. I feel like with Odell coming into the equation of this offense, either it's going to work or it's not going to work. So it's going to be interesting to see. And then lastly, I believe this is a 12 o'clock game on Sunday that I had at the bottom of my slip here. The Bills, minus 12.5 versus the Jets. I'm not too sure about this game. I wanted to take a player prop in, you know, in filler for a game like this, but... I just couldn't. I think the Bills, since they had a rough game versus the Jaguars last week, a 6-9 to nine type game, dude, I have to take the Bills. I think it's going to be a big bounce-back week for them. I could see Diggs having a touchdown. I could see Emmanuel Sanders having two touchdowns. I feel like it's going to be a, a throw fest. If you can take Josh Allen over two-and-a-half touchdowns, it's probably going to be like probably minus 185 maybe. I wouldn't be surprised there, minus 115, something like that. Yeah, I'd take that as well in regards to possibly not taking the bills on the spread, minus 12. So, with that being said, folks, 
all that on the line there. $2 can win you $1,014. And hang on, we're forgetting a little something, something. Put that little dot behind the dollars there. 96 cents. Yes, that can get you possibly a scratch-off ticket over there at your local gas station. Could I don't know if it can get you a Powerball ticket. Probably not. It can get you a pack of bubble gum. I'm trying to think what else can 96 cents get you. I mean, it could get you probably something off the dollar menu at McDonald's. I know that sometimes the, the cashier will kind of slip you an extra couple cents to help you out there, but... Obviously, I know I can get you some some good coffee over at Dunkin'. Dunkin's good coffee. I like their coffee. Black coffee's great. All that parlayed together, $2 to win $1,014.96. Like I said, last week, we missed it by one. This week, I feel like we're winning it. It is NFP 1K parlays hitting. I feel like my college football picks are going to hit for the most part. I say it every week. Only game I'm kind of worried about for college football is the Baylor first half plus three and a half. That's it. That's the only one I'm worried about. I think it can really hit NFL, all those games. I I, I don't see any, any questions on those. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have. So you know what? I'm going to send you all off with a little bit of some outro music. I appreciate everybody for listening to the Nick Frazier podcast. It is a true joy to do. I enjoy giving out great content that you all can make some extra side cash with. Um, If you want to know more about the Nick Frazier podcast in between episodes, you can go check us out on Instagram at the Nick Frazier podcast. Go give us a follow, comment on some stuff, like some stuff, share with a couple friends if you want, but greatly appreciate it. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, whatever platforms there are out there, you can go listen to them. I appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next episode.